0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Sean, I'm doing
1: well. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing fantastic, Derek. Uh, Kicking up some episodes this week. I dropped a basketball episode early this morning. And then uh, on that episode, I promised that there would be a football episode. And that's what we're going to get to today. As always, the show, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit the thebutcherspub.com or check out those three Facebook pages. Derek, uh, since the last time that we talked, uh, the, the recap Kentucky-Florida, Kentucky has received some good news. Chris Rodriguez will make his return when Kentucky travels to Oxford for that matchup with Ole Miss on Saturday, October 1st. Until then, Kentucky has to get through Youngstown State Northern Illinois, we'll get into those two things. But uh, how significant is that news?
1: I mean, it's huge. Uh, really kind of followed the timeline we all expected to, I guess, because it was kind of floated out there that it could be around a four-game uh, suspension. So getting him back with, you know, fresh legs for the SEC slate, that that home stretch there right in the middle of the season, you know, God forbid um, – UK loses anyone the next two weeks, uh, or if you're not running back because they're already pretty thin. So, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to get C Rod back out there. And I mean, I think the timing uh, is great because you could be talking about a where's all misranked in the AP uh, top number
0: five. Let me see here. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking
1: that could be like a top 15 matchup. I want to say
0: 16th. Let me look, uh, right here. Twentieth, twentieth. Yeah, I think they might be higher in the coaches' polls where I thought sixteenth. Yeah, so the SEC, it's Georgia one, Alabama two, Kentucky nine, Arkansas ten, Tennessee fifteen, Florida eighteen, Ole Miss twenty. Somehow, a And M stayed in the poll at (laughs) twenty.
1: Yeah, they plunged, but they're still there. But with Ole Miss, I mean, what you're talking about? They play Georgia Tech on Saturday, and then I think they play Tulsa the next week. Two games they should probably win. So, I don't know how much further they'll go up, but it's going to be a ranked matchup very likely. I mean, as long as Ole Miss doesn't lose, as long as UK doesn't get upset these next two weeks. Um, so, to, to introduce Rodriguez there in a game that, I mean, UK trying to start 5-0 and for the second straight year. Well, they get to 6-0 last year, I think. I think they were the yeah, first yeah, six. They,
0: yep, got to 6-0. Trying to,
1: trying to start the season 5-0, and introducing him to that lineup. Yeah. Especially, I'll be curious to see how this offensive line kind of rotates in or out or however it looks these next two weeks, it's kind of the time to get right. Um, these are the final two non-conference games against a non-Power 5 team. So, a lot to kind of figure out these next two weeks, I think, for Kentucky, on top of what we do know through two weeks.
0: Yeah, and we we talked on that episode the other night that that matchup at Ole Miss, you're, you're talking about it. You're, you're talking to two teams there that could be undefeated. Uh, Does it attract college game day? I know Alabama and Arkansas also play that day, if I'm not mistaken. So there are some big games around college football uh, that that weekend. But it certainly seems like that that one is kind of destined to be one of the bigger ones. Where does Kentucky fall in the AP poll? Then they're they're sitting at number nine right now. Derek is number seven, the highest they've ever been in the AP poll. I think six. I was looking at that the other day, but it's been a long time. I don't know. Let me go look it up. So, if, if that's the case, though, you're, you're, talking, you're talking a game there. So, I, I picked Kentucky to start 7-0 and their first loss being at Tennessee there on October 29th. If they're able to get through the next two weeks, like we expect them to be, 4-0, and then going to Oxford, Eric, if they get that one, 7-0 and is on the table if you can come home and take care of business against South Carolina, a team that I just think that they're significantly better than. And then if you can get Mississippi State at home, I think that if you if you rank the games coming up, Ole Miss would be the toughest, and then I think Mississippi State at home would be the second toughest out of that stretch before they go to Knoxville.
1: Yeah, looking at the AP poll, it just kind of depends on how you want to look at things. Um, you can go back to under Bear Bryant. They topped out at number three. They uh, finished – or they were number three in 1950. Um, they finished seventh that year, but – the last time they were ranked uh, as high as they currently are was obviously 2007, where they got up to number eight. But prior to that, um, the team finished number six in 1977. Okay. So it's been a while since they've been in the top ten period and and really a chance to – I don't know. Like you said, we got uh, – see, so Kentucky's got Oklahoma State, USC, Oklahoma, the three right above them. And doesn't look like any of those three teams are going to lose at least next week. So they might hang right around here. Maybe some teams jump them, depending on who plays below them. Some of those teams can get some big wins. Uh, Like it looks like, you know, Miami. I don't know how that win would be valued if they won uh, against Texas A&M. You also got BYU who plays a ranked Oregon. I think Oregon's – no, Oregon's not ranked. Or are they? Yeah, they fell out. No, they're 25th. They fell out for a week and came back in. So that would that's two games against ranked teams but you know how much weight do they really carry because Oregon and Texas and already have losses but BYU did just beat Baylor so I think BYU could be a team that maybe would potentially jump Kentucky I mean who knows uh with the win there and then um either way were you surprised to because I, I the way I looked at the say people for now like it wasn't I don't really Have a problem. Like, I think it's great for Kentucky. They should sell the hell out of that in recruiting. But if I want to keep a consistent stance, I thought Florida to be put 12th was way too high after beating Utah. And it seems like Kentucky is riding a lot of momentum from beating Florida. I mean, they jumped, what, 11 spots for that one win? You know, I don't really know. But I think it's great for the program to be ranked this high. they should, I mean, you saw Sam Pittman, Arkansas's coach. They're ranked 10th. He was talking about selling it to recruits. So Kentucky should absolutely do the same thing. And I mean, they got a chance to kind of stay in the top 25 all year if the season goes the way we think it could.
0: Yeah, and it's now – the it comes down to how far or how high can they climb. Like, if you get off to a 4-0 and start go to Ole Miss, get another big win, how high do they climb then? And then you get to, to really you, – you don't get to dive into your home schedule, it feels like, until October. I know they got back-to-back home dates coming up, but the the big exciting games – are going to be October and beyond when they get into league play, that that South Carolina game. It's crazy to think that that's their first really big home game that late into the year. But Northern Illinois, it's announced as a night game, and I was talking to you about this on Monday. That's a 7 p.m. kick, getting an ESPN2 time slot for an out-of-conference matchup that isn't Louisville.
1: Uh, pretty big deal there, too. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I told you I thought it might have been um, – Well, this was before I saw the numbers. Sean, did you see that Kentucky-Florida was the most watched ESPN game uh, since college football game since 2018?
0: Yeah. Yeah, So,
1: obviously, I think Texas and Alabama was um, the most watched game.
0: Yeah, 10 million in that one, and then uh, (laughs) 4.3 million Kentucky-Florida most watched September ESPN game, I think. September, okay, yeah. Since 2018, but
1: there's a lot of – good games early on in September on Saturdays, like over the, over, over the yeah. last few years. And also I think Florida and UCF is on there. So I kind of want to get a shout out as a state, you know, I don't know if the state of Kentucky gets enough credit for how much it cares about football. Um, obviously gets branded as a basketball state and Louisville, Kentucky is one of the best travel, I mean, those early days of Cal Patino, it was one of the best, probably, I thought it was probably better than UNC Duke at that time, but you would probably get some pushback on that. But it was certainly in the conversation for best rivalry. It's, I think, cooled off some. Obviously didn't even play it last year with Louisville's COVID issues. And, you know, it's kind of lost some steam, I think. But football-wise, I mean, it's a big game, and the state really cares. Um, So maybe, I don't know. I don't know if that had anything to do with it once they saw those numbers and wanted to schedule it there but I think the Will Levis effect obviously it's a top 10 team so that's the obvious factor but you can kind of sell you know hey random fan out here maybe you like the NFL if your team's bad come watch this quarterback who you might have a chance to draft next year so don't know that's just I thought logically that made sense but I'm not sure if that's exactly why but good for Kentucky because a lot of years that would have been a, a nooner no thought about it. So, if I was still on the beach, Sean, I wouldn't have been too happy about the uh, <laughs> 7 o'clock time slot. But I even, I'll be on vacation, so I won't even be at the game anyway. But I'll be uh, checking in. So, um,
0: so, what, be- so So what? let's transition into Youngstown State. And we know that that's a – it's a big game for Mark Stoops. It's a big game for Vince Merrow and, and those connections to that Youngstown area and those ties are expecting a lot of people there this weekend – uh, it was really cool that Mark Stoops got win number 61 against Florida. But let's say if it hadn't have worked out that way, it would have been pretty cool, too, to get it against Youngstown State. But get a chance to get win number 62, which I'm sure Mark Stoops is even happier about. But what are the what are the couple of things that you're looking for, not just this week, but moving into that Northern Illinois week? This feels like the last opportunity, Derek, for – Kentucky to kind of figure out what they have at certain positions and how deep and the the depth and what younger guys are going to get, you know, some snaps. Cause this kind of feels like once you get through September, you get into that October grind. There's no more out of league games other than Louisville. The schedule gets tougher as you get into October, November, this kind of feels like the last couple of weeks to kind of get a look at some guys you're maybe wondering if they're going to make an impact this year or not.
1: No doubt. Um, Yeah, I think there's a lot of good storylines to follow with the team. Um, You know, they they keep talking like they want to put Keontae Goodwin in. It seemed like Horsley did a really good job last week um, at left tackle. So it still wouldn't surprise me if they put Goodwin in there because you just need to see what you have with him. But I got to wondering if maybe he might slide over to right tackle. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I don't think Flex has been terrible necessarily i don't think he's been great either but i've tried to remember with flax as well even though he's i think this is his third year at uk he still hasn't really played a lot so i don't want to give up on the guy after two games it's just if you're going to work good one in somewhere because you can you can pretty much make the argument too now that if you're going to keep horsey at left tackle doesn't he need these reps yeah so yes. i'll be curious to see where they slot goodwin in because i do think they're going to play him some just to see what they have um Wide receiver, it sounds like Rich Gangarillo yesterday already handed that uh Dekel And he said one more speedster. I don't know if he was talking about Jordan Anthony. I don't know if he was, I mean, I don't think he was talking about on Berion, because Barry on's been a you know a focal point or you know, a, a starter for already. So I don't think he was the guy they were talking about. I'm not not quite sure who the other was, if it was maybe Brandon White, Jordan Anthony whoever it was, it sounds like they're going to play a couple more wide receivers, but I think a big guy to watch is, is Chris Lewis. Cause he's a guy that, uh, you know, I thought probably would have played more honestly than what he has at this point. He played a little bit against Miami didn't have any targets. And I've watched the UK game several times from Saturday already. And uh, I don't recall seeing Chris out there at all. So I, I think he'll definitely play some this week, but for him, I think it's a big deal because if you were asking me back in the spring out of and i know they play different positions but like chauncey magwood i probably would have had ranked below chris but it seems like magwood's kind of he's earned a spot and he's made plays so magwood's pretty much uh i think he's earned a right to play quite a bit based on what i've shown so far and they're playing five wide receivers right now and you got all those tight ends so you know there's not really a ton of balls to go around for in terms of the depth a wide receiver so i think it's a big week for chris because he's a guy who Dane Key came in, beat them out, and Dane's making plays. And then you got, I think, probably their best recruit so far in Shamar Porter, who's another outside wide receiver. So, in terms of Chris's future at Kentucky, and I like, I mean, I'm on record on this podcast. I thought Chris was the best peer wide receiver they'd recruited back in 2021, but I think it kind of speaks to the job they've done since then that he's even in a situation as a redshirt freshman where you're kind of wondering where it's going to go for him. But I hope he gets in there this week and plays well because I think he does have a bright future. It's just, you know, Dane Dane looks like he could be a star. Yeah. And if you're Chris, unless they're going to play two guys like that in Barryons here, I mean, it's a tough spot to be in, I think, for, for Chris. So o- only thing he can do, though, is when he does get his number called, is uh, go in there and produce. Yep, take
0: advantage of it. And uh, which leads us into this. So, the, the running back situation, I, I want to watch that closely too. Obviously, you feel much better about it knowing that Chris Rodriguez will be back here in a couple of weeks. But what happens behind him, Derek? I know there was a lot of talk about McLean coming into the year, Cavassie, uh, smoke. I, I know we, we looked at this log jam that Kentucky had in the backfield and we kind of looked at it and was like, we're, we're kind of shocked that someone didn't maybe hit the portal. But it's a good thing they didn't. I thought Cavasier's smoke was huge, especially in the second half at Florida. Uh, you had Lavelle Wright going there and make some nice runs as well. What, what do you think? Because when we talked about this about a week before the season started, before the injury to Jefferson, we were talking about what we thought the, the carries would look like by the time we got to the old Miss game. What do you think it looks like now going to October and I know we want to see the next two but Lavelle certainly is going to get an opportunity it seems like with the injuries to McLean the injury to Jefferson there
1: yeah I think when Rodriguez is back um he's certainly going to be the starter but Cavasier has done you know that second half was big I mean he he had some good individual runs that that one in the fourth quarter right before his uh, third down run to get the first down and take more clock off. I mean, he cut it outside, cut it back up once he got to the outside. I mean, that was an individual run where there was not a lot there. And um, he found a way to get something out of nothing. So I think those two will still get a lot of carries. But Lavelle, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with that if that's the running back rotation. You know, Jaton, he's going to be week to week. I've maybe lost a little luster. With Jatan, he just hasn't shown much when he's played. Yeah. Like, when he's been in there, he just does not have very many moments, and that's going back to last year, too. He had the touchdown catch against LSU on the wheel route, but in terms of running the football, I just can't recall many runs that were notable from no. him. No. Um, Drennan's clearly a non-factor. They were choosing to put Tavian Robinson at running back last week over him whenever they, you know, needed uh, that. that's – that's creativity as well, but it's also like, I mean, if you're think the riding's on the wall. Yeah. So, yeah, that's everybody with Ramon Jefferson out. So,
0: which I think which is unfortunate, was unfortunate
1: because I do think that he was going to have a big year. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, if Ramon was there, it was going to be either Smoke or Lavelle, who was going to lose carries, I think. And yep. uh, with that injury, maybe you get him back next year if he gets a red shirt waiver or whatever. Um but as it is, it's gonna be good for Wright, I think, to get those carries. Cause I mean you're looking at a situation of, you know, Lavelle Wright's like probably gonna be your starting running back, I think, at this point next yeah, season. And there was
0: the play there that I think we talked about it where he got on the edge. And I thought he he could have maybe with some more experience, he finds a way to get in the end zone Saturday. But I, I still thought that he made some some nice runs there in the second half. Uh, Kentucky, you know, they, they some patient runs there and then you know, keeping the chains moving. There in the third and fourth quarter, uh, I thought he got some big-time experience playing in the Swamp in that environment. I think is a guy that's going to get better and better, and I think the next two weeks are big for him and Smoke.
1: They are. I mean, I think, uh, you know, cavassier has got more miles on his body. He's He's been hit more. He's, you know, he's in his fifth year at UK. And he does have be- a tendency to get banged up. And he has. He's been, you know, not that that's unusual for running backs. I mean, guys tend to get banged up at that position they've really had some kind of ridiculous durability between Rodriguez and Benny Snell, I think for as many hits as those two guys have taken. Um, so I say that to say, I wouldn't be surprised if Lavelle's kind of the featured back here for the next couple of weeks, just, to, yeah. you know, m- minimize the hits that Kavassia takes um, moving forward. Keep Levis
0: clean the next two weeks too. You want to see that offensive yeah. line be able to, to protect him and, and things, but Uh, How big is it, too? Like, obviously, you would love to have had Chris Rodriguez for the first two games, or honestly the first four games, and we know that he's chasing U.K. history when it comes to the rushing record, and now it's going to be a taller task to do it because he's going to have to average, I think, what, at about 126 yards per game, uh, including the, the bowl game, I think, if Kentucky, if he's able to break that record. But, Derek, you get to rest him, you keep him healthy,
1: Beating Florida changed the narrative to where it's like, man, they found a way to presumably start 4-0 without their star running back. Whereas I think there would have been more, excuse me, more anger. <laughs> I don't know where it would have been directed, but I think there would have been more anger if they lost at Florida. Um, because it would have felt like, and they weren't at full strength. So I think that makes that Florida one even look even better. Um and i think probably would you say builds the excitement more i would say so for Ole miss knowing that he's gonna be back for that game versus um if we got to game week and still didn't really know but now that it's two weeks out you know he's gonna be here you can work on your things that you need to be addressed before chris gets back and then you're gonna be i think uh Sitting pretty. I'm gonna guess he's gonna be running pretty pissed off when they go down there to Oxford. <laughs> Is this a situation you want him to be a little selfish with this record? Because you said what well, he's had had like 126 yards per. Game. I mean that's a lot. I mean I mean it's not like crazy. He's done that. I think he had like nine straight games or something where he had over 100 yards. But if he's gonna get that record and you want him to be, um, it'd
0: be a hell of a start if he could run for about 200. Yeah. <laughs> in that first in that first game back and that's I'm
1: just thinking of this. Uh, excuse me. This play action passing game though. When Chris is back. I mean the weather utilizing the tight ends already without you know running games have been bad first two weeks up until that second half last week where they found something those first six quarters it didn't look good but then you get that thread of Rodriguez. I mean I think I think this offense is gonna be fun as hell as, as it goes on.
0: I do too. And and mixing in those tight ends the way that they have in the first two weeks. And and you know that, that Barry and Brown's gonna settle in and, and get more comfortable. Tavian Robinson, we saw what he could do in week one. Dane Key what he's done in both weeks like there's there's plenty of firepower on this offense if that offensive line can settle in and clean up some of those protection issues and and, and some things there and you kind of figure out where you you fall with your running back depth and and things like that, that this is an offense that I think as you progress and you get into mid to late October and into November by the time they play Georgia at Kroger Field this is probably
1: the that'll probably be the best the offense looks all year. That that's the dream, right? I mean, that's the hope that you get to that game where it, it really matters. Um Sean, I think I saw it might have been SEC Mike. Um first time, I think since 07, that four SEC East teams are in the top twenty. Did wow. you see that?
0: I did not see that. But yeah, that yeah. would that would make sense because that was a that was a very good year for the East. Kentucky was one of those teams in the top twenty that year.
1: Yeah. Tennessee was all – I think it's the four teams that are in it right now, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky. So, um, I thought that was an interesting stat, but kind of points to, you know, you've played one of those teams, Florida, who beat them. I have a tough road game at Tennessee later in the year, but you got some business to take care of prior to that. Um, we were talking about things we wanted to see this weekend. I remember we didn't mention the defense any. Um, it's a big week, I think, for Jordan Lovett someone who's going to be a starter now for the rest of the season with uh geiger's unfortunate injury and uh, i guess that's not is that still not been confirmed as a season did did stoops confirm it on monday i don't don't remember i think
0: he just said it's going to be out for some time for a while yeah my
1: understanding is he's definitely not going to be back this season um it looked bad yeah it looked bad and I, i just can't imagine he's going to be playing football again this year um so for for love it, first start i thought he did some really good things todd second on the team lead and tackles when i went back and rewatched the game uh he was he was in the mix a lot um don't, don't really know coverage wise i don't know that he really got tested so much florida was really struggling to throw the ball but and i don't know how much these other two teams are going to be able to show it either but Ole Miss will be a team that tries to push the ball vertically, so it'll be interesting to see. I think it's good to get Jordan these two weeks to kind of settle in and take his role as a starter, and uh, might might switch some things around too. Um, Alex Zafari's played a lot of nickel, but and, and Stoops I think wants him to be a corner, but they don't really need him at the moment to be a corner. Maybe he can go back there and play some safeties. Island Childress, the transfer from Texas State, probably going to get some more run now. Um, so that's going to be some – I wouldn't really call it shuffling just because they did play a half, and it was pretty clear that Love it was the next guy up. But in terms now of, of building some more depth, you're you're going to see probably some different guys get some snaps these next two weeks. Um, also, I don't know, I, probably not that unusual, but I did notice on the rewatch that Jaquez Jones, he already had his shoulder wrapped up quite a bit, taped up. And uh, I'm wondering if – you're going to get a lot more trevin wallace and derek jackson just to kind of i mean you know what you got with jaquez jones and deandre square well and and just to get through the next two weeks right and i don't know that you need those guys out there again if if the game's on the line and stuff like you hope it's not i mean i'm not saying just bench these guys for two weeks and we're all out there with your second squad i mean i think you still want them out there because they're important parts of the defense jones and square i thought played great against florida but if jones is already in a situation where he's you know nursing uh a shoulder or something like that. It just makes sense to to play Trevin and Jack because you're getting a look at next year's inside linebackers too. And Martez throwers in there. Luke Fulton played some against Miami. Not that these guys are, are probably going to be huge factors. Um, Thrower and Fulton that is. But that's kind of one other thing that I noticed. I, I can't imagine there be anything crazy different on the defensive line. They're already playing a lot of guys there, uh, rotating those guys really well. Um, I'm I think the guys who are gonna be in the mix. Or already solidified so that kind of leaves i don't know is another spot smith phillips and valentine i think they feel good with those three maxwell hairston's on the depth chart so does he get some run this week when the game still matters that those are those will be the small things that i'll probably be yeah. looking for I, I don't think there's as many questions on defense and that's a good thing because this defensive unit is uh is, is pretty solid I, I think they've shown really well yeah, and,
0: and a game Saturday that you would like to see Kentucky come out and kind of take care of business early and, and not mess around. You know, the have a letdown after yeah. a week versus Florida. You you want to come out, kind of put that game away in the first half. and then and It's play a some classic letdown spot,
1: though, under Stoops, though, isn't it? It's it so,
0: is. Uh, and a noon kick, too. So, it's even more of a classic letdown spot. But I don't know what the crowd will look like, but I'm hopeful that that night game versus Northern Illinois the following week will be a sellout crowd. I mean, you're talking yeah. about – I mean, we're getting to a point now, Derek, where it's sellout crowds for
1: out-of-conference games that aren't Louisville. Well, I mean, I know that was a season opener against Miami, so people are excited. But, like, it's going to take a horrendous meltdown to lose to Youngstown State on Saturday. So, you'd we'll be talking about a, a, an undefeated team coming in here. Um, they'll be on the road again that next week. So, it'll be a, another week before you can get back in and see them, in, unless you're traveling on Ole Miss, which I think I, I would guess there would probably be a great UK crowd down in Oxford. Um Wanted to go down there and see that ranked matchup, presumably a ranked matchup. So, I'm with you. I think it'll be a great crowd. Maybe not quite a sellout, but not a not an embarrassing crowd by any means. But it could be a little tougher. I, I do think I've not really looked, but I think the weather is supposed to be nice um, for this weekend. So that'll be good uh, to get out there and, and watch this. And I kind of wonder about the letdown stuff even more, knowing that. First of all, Stoops isn't going to try to beat his hometown team by, like, 70 points. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they ever really beat teams that bad anyway. But I don't know. I'll just – I'm with you, though. I want him to see, come out and take care of business. And I'm going to guess the uh, – this is kind of the game within the, the game kind of stuff. I think Will's done a really good job these first two weeks. And last week they played great complimentary football and did what they had to do to win. But I think it's time to, to pad those stats a little bit. Because you're going to be recruiting a portal quarterback and uh, wouldn't hate it if he threw for 400 yards. Yep.
0: That uh, I, I would be, that'd be pretty awesome, right? <laughs> like you want to add those stats a little bit and get through the next couple of weeks 4-0 before you go to Ole Miss, uh, a game that we don't know the TV network and, and announced for that. but It's going to be a night
1: game, almost certainly, I think. Yeah,
0: I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm assuming Alabama-Arkansas probably gets the three thirty game that day. On CBS, and then uh, Kentucky, Ole Miss, probably a night game on ESPN, if I'm guessing, or maybe they flip those two. I, I don't know. Like that, both those games have potential to be top ten matchups if Ole Miss can climb high enough in the AP poll. I, I think they're. I want to think they're 15th or 16th in the coaches poll. I think is where I was getting that other number at. But Derek, anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up?
1: No, I just think that you know. This will. This is already shaping up to be a great exposure kind of season, and it comes at a good time because I mean, especially with the quarterback, with Will and the offensive system system they have, it's big to um, be on TV as much as possible, be in these big games. Just because I've said it before on here, like I think the roster is in really good shape. It's just it's when you don't know who the quarterback is for the foreseeable future, it gives you pause and being in these situations where you can kind of maximize what you will be able to recruit in the portal, I think is huge. And that's just a, uh, I mean, that's even getting the ESPN two slot against Northern Illinois, because for so many years that would have been a sec network game buried somewhere. Uh, and the fact that it's going to be on ESPN two is, is great. I mean, people that are just flipping through, I don't know how many people are going to watch it. I don't know what other matchups are on that night, but I think that's a great thing. And, uh, now that I watch basically all the road games from home, uh, I have my favorite broadcaster. I thought Tesla Tour and McElroy was pretty good the other night. I'd be I'd be down for those guys to call the uh, Ole Miss UK game.
0: Be nice it's for good. be nice to get Herb Street on a call too, and get one of those those big time games on Saturday. Yeah, night.
1: you know the Georgia game. If it means something, it's gonna get the uh, CBS slot. And I'm kind of thinking like the other game. I was thinking like could Tennessee Kentucky like that's the other one that I think both those teams are gonna be. I mean, if Kentucky wins at Ole Miss, I feel good about them beating South Carolina at home.
0: At least six and one.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Mississippi State gives me – like, I think they're a pretty good team. I think they're – when we're talking about the AP poll, that's a team that I think should be ranked. That's not. Um, So, yeah, I think if you – if both Kentucky and Tennessee can be around that, you know, only one or two-loss mark, I think it's going to get – hopefully hopefully one loss, no more than that for either team when you're talking about building up these matchups. uh, Because – does Tennessee play – Georgia before Kentucky, I think they do. I don't know for sure. But that's another game, though, that, like, has Kentucky-Tennessee been at 3.30 CBS? I know they've played on CBS, like, back in 07, that Woodson game, but it was a noon game. I can't remember if Kentucky and Tennessee were, like, that 3.30 national TV spot, but that'd be awesome. Uh, if it I wasn't.
0: never I never remember that game being a 3.30 CBS game at any point. Other, yeah. The only CBS game I remember was the, the one – you know, back in 07. That's the only CBS game I remember them playing. So looking at Tennessee's oh, wow.
1: schedule. Yeah, they got some tough games, but they they're not, I mean they're manageable.
0: Uh that that road trip to LSU. So they host Florida road trip to LSU, host Alabama, UT Martin, and then Kentucky, Georgia back-to-back Saturdays. Jeez. So uh yeah. you know, I definitely love the way that schedule sets up if if you're not a fan of the balls, right? <laughs> so uh, it, it looks like K- Kentucky if, – if Kentucky can get that win at Ole Miss here in a couple of weeks, given, Tennessee, given Tennessee's schedule and you get the built-in game with Alabama every year and until they beat Alabama, you're going to pick Alabama to win that yeah. game and then they get Georgia, it almost kind of puts you in the driver's seat for at least second in the East if you get the win at Ole Miss.
1: Yeah. I mean, looking at this Tennessee schedule, they got their bye after the Florida game, and I, I think they're going to beat Florida. I really do. I do, too. Um, so, I think they're going to be 4-0 and after that bye, and then they go down to LSU. So, that's when the game – so, the game will get picked after LSU. So, if they're undefeated after LSU, October 8th is uh, – we'll see what happens for Kentucky at Ole Miss, but Kentucky will play South Carolina the week before that when that game's getting picked. So, I'm going to think this game gets a good slot.
0: I think you're going to have an undefeated Kentucky team and a one-loss Tennessee team playing in Knoxville on the final Saturday of October.
1: Oh, God. I don't know if I'm to handle that, man. <laughs> what to handle?
0: Because <laughs> um, I, I think they're beating Florida, and I think they're beating LSU, too. Yeah. I don't think they're beating Alabama.
1: Weird things happen in Baton Rouge, though, man.
0: But can you okay. imagine that fan base, if they were to beat
1: Florida, LSU, Alabama
0: in consecutive weeks like –
1: They'd be back. I'd even I tip my hat. I'd tell them they're back. Yep. They do that.
0: They'll they'll give you 98 reasons why they're back.
1: Oh, yeah. Every year it feels like 98. It'd be really feeling like 98 if they... uh, I think just beating Florida is a huge deal for them because, you know, not to inject UK into this, but uh, Kentucky's got like three wins now against Florida since 04 and Tennessee is like one. So what Florida is to Tennessee is what Tennessee has been to Kentucky. It's like it's hard to put your Kentucky's beat all these other teams for some reason can't beat I, Tennessee. I would have never thought,
0: fun. I never would have thought that you would have dropped a line like that a few years ago if you'd have said Kentucky beaten Florida
1: three times.
0: Yeah, three times when it comes to these one win in that series. But that pretty much wraps up everything we want to get to on today's episode. Derek, uh, it's getting here late in the week. Do you want to squeeze a mailbag in before or do you want to wait till after Youngstown?
1: Uh. Let's set a mailbag tomorrow if you want, and then we okay. can do our uh, predictions pick. I don't like I don't know how many good games. Probably would have been good to do one last week, um, but I wasn't it probably last week, so yeah. we had to take off. But maybe we can do that, both. I mean, I don't know how many mailbag questions we'll get, so we can do a mailbag slide. I think we did that a few times last year. We did, well, so, yeah. so we can we'll- do that.
0: We'll definitely get some episodes out there. If you haven't checked out the basketball schedule breakdown episode, that was a solo episode with myself there, just talking about the SEC slate, uh, the favorable road schedule, honestly, one of the better road schedules I think Kentucky's gotten. And then uh, talked a lot about Kentucky's uh, double games against Vandy, against Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas, and then uh, got into the non-conference schedule as well. As always, the show, it's powered by – you got some news?
1: Yeah, well, you also dropped some new beats on the – Intro. So yeah, nice if you come back. Go listen to that.
0: Yep, uh new beats and and and. I the guess you heard it on this
1: one too, though. You yeah, you can.
0: Yeah, you, <laughs> I'm sure you heard <laughs> it on this one. If you if you made it this far, unless you skip through uh, uh, yeah the intro music there, and then maybe we can get something like personalized for the show at, at some point. But uh, I thought it was good. Now three seasons in to kind of mix it up and go a different direction. But as always, this show it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. Also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, like I said in the opening, of the show. Pineville, Kentucky, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit butcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.